What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another episode of Got Fitted Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And uh, faders, Got Fitted Japan is about two dudes, booze, Japan, and the news. And unfortunately, Tom is not here because of a scheduling, er, shall we say, fuck up. Yes, a scheduling fuck up. So Tom is not here. I am here. He's working, and uh, I'm in the clear with uh, a day off, an evening off. An evening of beautiful, faded bliss. That's right, and I'm starting early. What time is it? It's 1.36, and this is called the day fade. Faders, when you drink during the day, when you get faded during the day, it's called a day fade or day fading. So right now, I am day fading, and I hope you are too. So, Got Faded Japan is vast approaching episode number 350. Right now, this is episode number 344. Now, from 340 all the way to 50, in every single episode, we are going to put something in a box. And on episode number 350, we're going to give all these special and unique prizes away to you faders. Now, uh, Tom's put in his own personal pornography. I've put it in candy cigarettes, some Got Fitted Japan t-shirts, and uh, I think we put in some candies, some special unique Japanese candies. Today, I'm putting in an official Japanese fake ID. That's right, I have an official Japanese fake ID. It's very unique because um, the picture is very... <laughs> the picture's of a pussy. <laughs> cat. It's of a pussy cat. It's a very interesting and uh, unique fake ID that can only be used by pussy cats. So, uh, yeah, I'm putting it in. It, it's kind of a cool little thing that kids use and stuff. I mean, they don't use them to get into clubs, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of fun. It's funny, too. So, uh, yeah, that is definitely in the box. Now, how do you get these prizes? How do, how do you become part of this Got Fitted Japan episode number 350 raffle? Very easy. All you got to do is go to our Facebook page. Now, if you're not on the Facebook page, you really should be on the Facebook page because the Facebook page, we're always uploading uh, videos and images and photography and advertisements that are crazy from Japan that's only in Japan. And uh, yeah, a lot of this stuff on there is pretty wild. So uh, definitely get down to the Facebook page and friend us, like us. Uh, and uh, definitely send us a message. And in that message, to be part of the raffle, what you got to do is you got to ask us a question. It is that easy. Ask us a question and you will be part of the raffle. And you can ask us a question about anything, about the show, about us, about Japan, uh, Japanese culture, about getting faded, bars, clubs, anything. Uh, how to come to Japan, how to work in Japan, how to make money in Japan. Uh, Tom knows a lot about prostitution. Just joking. He knows a lot about teaching, and that's a very common industry here in Japan. But he'll answer your questions about that if you ask us a question. So stop what you're doing and go down to the Facebook page and, first off, like us. Second off, ask us a question. Then you'll be part of the raffle. Tom's making a, a roster of all the people who's asked questions and of all the questions. And on episode number 350, a guest will be on the show and interview Tom and I and ask us these questions. So definitely, definitely, definitely ask us a question, be a part of this, because you are going to want what's in the box. Oh, man, Faders. Well, it's good to be back. Let me just get another sip of this. Oh, delicious Jesus juice. Oh, man. I've been in Michigan for the last uh, 10 days. I'm severely hungover from that trip because I got to say, the beer in Michigan is... It's not the best in the United States. I'll say that. I, I, I got to say Oregon is definitely number one. Oregon is fucking killing it when it comes to the beer game in J in America. I almost said Japan there. <laughs> but uh, in Michigan, I, I say Michigan is a strong number two. There are so many microbreweries uh, everywhere. It seems like every little city in that fucking state has got like a microbrewery that's producing quality beer. And today, I have one of them. Today, the POW is from uh, Founders. Founders, which is located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, this here is called the Sentinel IPA. And it is ice cold. I like my IPAs to be ice cold. Now, I drink a lot of these when I was in Michigan, but fucking, I don't remember what they taste like because after I have one, I have about six more after it. And they're, they're that good. Sort of got it. And so here we go, the POW. And the POW, once again, is the pick of the week. Oh, wow. Okay. First off, this beer, what percentage is this? I think it's 7%. Bop, 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 bop. What, what percent? Where is it? 
Where is it? Come here. Right. Ah, 7.2%. That's right. 7.2%. It's a little bit on the strong side. As you know, I'm not a big fan of beers that have an alcoholic kind of taste. Uh, rubbing, if it tastes like hairspray or rubbing alcohol or even vodka, I'm not down with that. I like the full-bodied flavor of beers. And this one here is an IPA. And to be honest, okay, the Sentinel IPA is a very dark amber colored. It is really, really dark. It, it almost looks like dark honey, to be honest. And uh, it's got an exceptional frothy head. This head is, oh, man. It's like, dude, it's, it looks like, you know, like, I don't know, like would be on top of a toxic dump or something, you know? Like if you like, if you see in the movie The Toxic Crusader and shit, and he's like like standing next to like like some like vat that's full of like toxic waste and shit, and it's all like frothy and bubbly, that's exactly what this looks like. And uh, yeah, I kind of like it. So here we go. Oh, it smells like a very, very sharp IPA. Very sharp. Mm. And it tastes... Wow. Wow, it tastes heavy. It's got an aesthetic, kind of a mild grapefruity sharpness to it. And, whoa, the aftertaste is... Ugh, killer. Very much heavy-bodied. This beer is extremely heavy-bodied. If you like IPAs, I think this is a really good IPA to try. Uh, ice cold, of course. Some people like IPAs when they're like room temperature, and I, I think that's nuts. I think IPAs taste exceptional when they're ice cold. I had this one in the freezer for about, I think, like 10 minutes before I brought it out. Yeah, you know... God, you can almost taste the amber. You can taste the colors. This is great. This is actually a fantastic beer. Um, if if you're young, like if you're like, uh, I'm going to say 21. <laughs> if you're 21 or younger in some countries, and, or gosh, if you're in Italy and you're 14 and you want to try an IPA, <laughs> I think this is a pretty good starter IPA. It definitely has the... Uh, the it tastes like hops, of course, and but it's, it's not assaulting my taste you know like my taste buds aren't like 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 quivering in my mouth or whatever like when you drink like one of those really 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 sharp kind of like acetic tasting ones you know that like make your eyes water like some of those double ipas are kind of like that but this one here is it dude i think this is just a very nice enjoyable summer drink it's a summer it's a summer ipa yes i, I i'm definitely going to give this one two thumbs up and a dick in the air and uh, for all you longtime listeners, I don't have to explain this, but for all you new listeners, two thumbs up and a dick in the air is the highest rating that we can give a beer. Lowest rating, a thumb down. <laughs> Above that, a thumb and a chub. Above that, two thumbs. Above that, two thumbs and a chub. And above that, two thumbs and a dick in the air. And that is exactly what I'm going to give the Sentinel IPA by Founders from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, it's so good coming out like that, too. Oh, man. Oh, yes. So I was in uh, Michigan, and I tried to drink as much as I could. Every time I travel outside of Japan, I try to drink as much as I can, especially the places known for beers. When I was in Berlin, I drank beer for breakfast. In uh, Michigan, I was doing a lot of driving, so I couldn't drink beer for breakfast, but I did for lunch. <laughs> and it was fantastic. In Michigan, man... It's not a great place to visit, you know, there's not that much there, but if you're from there, it's a good place to go back and stuff, you know, especially you got family and friends and shit, and, uh, oh, man, I gotta say, Michigan is just, right now, I, I think Michigan's better than what it was when I was younger, because right now, Michigan, it's got the beer thing going for it, but, man, jeez, it seems like all my friends and family over there are collecting guns, <laughs> <laughs> it's the craziest thing. And um, for all you faders out there that don't know this, I love shooting. I'm, I'm a shooter. Not in Japan, <laughs> but when I go back to the States and stuff, I love shooting. And um, my favorite gun is a Glock. Glock 9mm Glock. They're lightweight. Um, they're very easy to use. I mean, anybody can pick one up and just know how to use it, even if you know nothing about guns. Um, they're quite accurate. And uh, yeah, they're, they're a fun gun to use um, for, for target practice only. 
And um, this this time going down there, it was it was great because um, usually when I go back and stuff, um, my family, my brother, and my cousins and stuff, we go to a, a firing range. And firing ranges are fun, but you can only shoot like um, I think it's like uh, one round per two seconds or one round per three seconds. So it's like pow, pow, pow. And actually, that's good if you really want to hit the target, you know. So I mean, because I mean, shooting like a handgun. It's it's not that easy to hit the target when it's like, what, 15 yards away, you know? I mean, it looks easy on TV. In the movies, they make it completely easy. But in real life and stuff, I mean, it's not it's not that easy and stuff, you know? I mean, unless you're used to it. I mean, if you fire quite often and stuff, I mean, yeah, it's easier. The, the, easier you, the more you do something, the easier it gets. But, um, yeah, so, like, I mean, in my life, I've never been able to fire, like, like, rapid fire. But my brother moved down to the countryside, to the sticks, right? So, fucking... I went out to his place, you know, and he showed me some of his guns and stuff, you know, we're drinking some beers and whatnot. And he's like, hey, do you want to go in the backyard and uh, shoot in the forest? And I was like, fuck yeah. So we went out there with a couple of uh, Glocks and man, rapid fire. I'll tell you what, man. Whenever you see a movie and somebody's shooting a target rapid fire or shooting, uh, shooting rapid fire at all, dude, your bullets go all over the place. I mean, it's fun as fuck, but uh, dude, you can't hit shit going pop, 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 pop. I mean, with a Glock and stuff, I mean, the, the, the more, I mean, you can fire, it's almost like a machine gun. I mean, as quickly as you can pull the trigger, you're shooting, right? Pop, 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 pop. And God damn it, that was fun. That was so much fun. God, uh, I'm so glad guns are illegal in Japan, though. <laughs> I'm so glad those fuckers are illegal. But they're fun. When you're in Michigan or you go to Thailand or something, definitely try it. Go to a firing range if you can. In Thailand, you can shoot machine guns. You can throw grenades. There's missile launchers and shit that you can use depending on the place. I think Cambodia is like that more than Thailand. Thailand used to be like that, but I think there's now more regulations since a couple of tourists got killed or something back in the day. But um, yeah, definitely fun, fun, fun. And another thing about Michigan that I think is awesome is going back to the beer game. It's like I was in a, I was in a grocery store, right? In the supermarket, I forget the name of it, maybe Kroger or something, they had this section called Build Your Own Six-Pack. And I walk up with my cousin, I see that, and I'm like, Build Your Own Six-Pack? What the fuck is this? My cousin's like, oh, see all these beers here? Pull on six, and it costs you ten bucks. And I was like, holy shit, I'm not a religious guy, but I just saw Jesus. This is the best thing ever, dude. Fucking, you can build your own six-pack. You can have a stout, you can have a porter, you can have an amber, you can have like a white beer. And and like a lot of them are from Michigan because Michigan's got so many fucking breweries and shit right now. And I think that's probably why they're doing this. There's so much beer in Michigan. Like the fucking grocery stores are like, take it! Get this shit out of here! We've got so much fucking beer! I'm an alcoholic now! Everybody's an alcoholic! I've got a kid, he's 10 years old! The fucker's an alcoholic too! It's crazy, man. But uh, yeah, so fucking building your own six pack was fucking great, dude. Fucking, it was so much fun. Mm. Oh, there's my fucking beer. There's my founders. Mm. And I was thinking about that when I was building a beer or building a six pack, looking at all the beers and stuff, you know. And and it's kind of like, it's kind of like going to like a record store, you know. If you're if you're into records, if you are into records and stuff, and you go into a record store, you kind of look around, you check every like like record out before you decide to buy one, right? Or like a bookstore. Remember those bookstores? <laughs> so before you buy a book, you know, you, you look at it, you read the back and stuff, you check it out, you know. And and basically, when you build a six pack, it's exactly the same thing. And I, when I was doing that, I was thinking, I was like. Man, this would be awesome in Japan. Like, you know, right now, Japan's slowly starting to get on the craft beer game, you know? Slowly. I mean, there are quite a few good craft beers here, but, I mean, there's not as many as in other parts of the world, right? And um, I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool, like, if there could be, like, like build your own, like, sake six-pack, you know? Because, like, I think a lot of people that come to Japan are foodies, and so when they come to Japan and stuff, when you guys come to Japan, like, you want to go to, like, really amazing, like, restaurants. And you want to try, like, different kinds of sushi by different, like, sushi chefs or sushi masters. And you, you want to try all the different kinds of ramen. And you want to try, like, uh, everything, right? And there's so much food in Japan to try. And it, it's so awesome. And a lot of it's really special and unique, you know? When you go to Osaka, you got to eat uh, okonomiyaki, you know? And, and when you're in Tokyo, you got to eat pretty much anything you want. <laughs> 
so, but the thing is, a lot of people don't know sake, right? And sake is kind of hard to like get into, you know. I mean, there's the uh, there's the uh, website, uh, the Facebook page, and the book and the magazine Sake Today. And actually, you know what? Check out Sake Today if you're interested in uh, sake. They are very knowledgeable. If you send them an email with questions about sake, they'll send you a reply within like a day or two. They're they're a really really awesome company. Definitely check out Sake Today. But I think like a lot of people here, going back to my point, a lot of people that come to Japan don't know shit about sake because A, it's all written in Japanese, and B, the Japanese that they, that they use, a lot of it's like family names, right? And a lot of family names, especially old traditional family names, they're... The, the kanji is like almost unreadable for like the average Japanese person, you know? I mean, if you pull out like, 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 I guess like a, a sake that's what was, which was brewed in, um, let's say Fukuoka, West Side Japan, and you gave it to like, let's say a 10 year old kid or like maybe even a 15 year old kid, probably they might not be able to read the bottle or the label. Maybe they know like maybe one or two characters, but maybe they don't know all four of them or all three of them and shit, right? And, and if it's difficult for kids to read, <laughs> If it's difficult for kids to read a sake bottle, it's impossible for foreigners to read it too. Which makes uh, the sake available for foreigners very limited because do you really want to spend like 15 to 30 to 45 to 65 dollars on a bottle of something that you can't even read and you know nothing about? Some people do, but mm, the majority don't. Myself included, you know? I don't want to fucking spend like like 50 bucks on a bottle that's going to taste uh, maybe okay, but not great, you know? So... I think I think that Japan should import this this build your own six pack idea, right? You know, Japan's imported a lot of great ideas, and they they've taken they've taken these great ideas and they put it to the next level. Uh, one example, cars. Second example, uh, video games. Like Japan keeps on taking things and like putting it to the next level and stuff. Why don't they take this, you know, and, and have your build build your own six pack of sake, right? Maybe have like little miniature bottles of sake and stuff, or big bottles. You could have a six pack of like big mass of those fucking like like keg sized bottles and shit. That would be fucking awesome. But you build your own, right? So you go into a grocery store and then like for like uh, a discounted price, you can buy six small or large bottles of sake, and then you could try it and experiment with the different kinds of sake. A, I think a lot of Japanese people would become inter- more interested in sake, and B, a lot of the foodies that come to Japan will be like, hey, I love this food, and I love drinking this sake with it. Because a lot of foreigners and stuff that come to Japan, or foreigners, faders, guests, whoever, when a lot of people come to Japan and stuff, they, 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 they'll eat like a really delicious, uh, let's say, a ramen, or let's say, uh, sashimi, or... Uh, any kind of food, but they don't know exactly the right kind of sake that goes with it, which which is some, not all, but which many Japanese people do know. You know, for example, like when I go to, uh, which, uh, let's see, I went to a sushi restaurant with my wife's parents, right? And then like we were eating and stuff and he was ordering my stepfather, father-in-law, <laughs> this is good beer. Like he was ordering amazing sake. Now they had a whole list of sakes. Now, if I was there by myself and I ordered a sake, I wouldn't know which one to order. Now, of course, I could ask the waiter, like, which one do you recommend? But it's kind of cooler when you know what you want and what goes with it. Then again, it is kind of cool to ask a waiter, too, because they know more than you. But that's besides the point. So anyway, I think that Japan should import this this idea of building your own sake six-pack. And, and the, it should be everywhere. It should be at grocery stores, supermarkets. It should be at, like, convenience stores. I mean, wouldn't that be fucking cool? You're fucking, you're fucking hanging out and shit, and you're like, dude, I feel like getting faded, and I'm on a streeter, you know, and a streeter's like basically a beer that you could drink on the street, but you know what, instead of like beer, I want to drink something more traditional, I want sake streeters, and then you get yourself a six pack of sake streeters, or shit, fucking take it to the park and shit, you know, go to the Yogi Park and stuff, play some frisbee, hang out, meet some people, it's easy and always fun to meet people in Yogi Park. Especially with a six pack of sake. And you can share them. And you can sample them with your friends. What a fucking great idea. That's a million dollar idea for anybody who wants to use it. See, some people like to come up with great ideas and they keep them secret. Not me. I take an idea, I'm like, hey, you do it. And give me money later. <laughs> give me the money later. G- give me 5%. Oh, man. Good times, good times. Oh. Speaking of good times, this is a solo show. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go off on my own and just get in my mind. I'm gonna get in my mind and expand it and I blow it up all over your earbuds. 
Okay. Uh, let's see. This morning, like last night, I had a shitty night. I'm going to be honest. I had a really shitty night. Not going to get into it. And when I woke up this morning, I was still kind of shitty. You know, some some fucked up shit happened last night. And I this morning, I woke up and I was just pissed. I was just really pissed. And I, and I don't like being pissed. I'm not really a fucking like pissed off kind of person. But hey, man, I'm fucking human. I get pissed. So anyway, I went to uh, do this job and she went to meet a client today. And um, I had one small little client. I had to get some papers signed, et cetera, et cetera. And after that, I was free for the rest of the day. And anyway, this client was in Rapongi. <clears throat> and so I met, met her in Rapongi and stuff, took care of business. And then I was walking around Rapongi. Now, for all you faders that live in Japan, you know this. For all you faders that are coming to Japan, Rapongi sucks. Rapongi is like basically the armpit. It's kind of like the entertainment armpit of Tokyo, if not Japan. It, it sucks. It's. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a foreigner wasteland, you know. It's like I mean, you've got the Hard Rock Cafe there. You've got all the Western like restaurants and shops and stuff that are like pretty much aimed towards foreigners and stuff. You know, it's it's you don't want to go there. It's just a bunch of like, it's not cool. It's not cool. If I said to anybody that I hung out in Rapongi last night, everyone's gonna be like, "Ugh, why'd you do that? <laughs> What's the matter with you?" And Rapongi's got a lot of problems too, a lot of bad problems. But one thing that Rapongi does have is they got a really good cinema and they do have a really good art gallery. They got a couple of really good art galleries. And I went to the, uh, no, I was walking around uh, Rapongi Hills and I noticed, and I saw this before I left to, uh, to the States, that there's going to be this Marvel, Marvel Comics exhibition, right? Where they're going to have like uh, a lot of like uh, the first issues available for people to see, a bunch of like, um, I guess like... I guess like rare art and stuff and video interviews, which are unusual, not unusual, but it's hard to like find and stuff. It was supposed to be really amazing, right? And I really wanted to go. And um, anyway, I was in Rapongi and I had nothing to do and I was still kind of pissed off. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go in there. So I went to the uh, Morty Art Museum, which is on the 53rd floor of Rapongi Hills. Amazing view of Tokyo, by the way. I mean, shit. <laughs> Paying like, what was it? I think it was like uh, 1,500 yen, about $15, maybe 18 euros uh, to go up there and shit and to check out this museum. But it's it's worth the view alone. I mean, the view of like Tokyo is just phenomenal. But uh, yeah, man, I tell you what, it was really fucking cool to see all these fucking first editions and first issues of fucking like all these amazing like Marvel comics. Uh, Jesus, like the, there's the one that introduced like Spider-Man for the first time and um, the Green Goblin and uh, they had the first like Iron Man, the first Fantastic Four and stuff. And they had all this like phenomenal, like just like like comic book art and stuff. And, like the, the original like, 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 like sketches of like a lot of these characters. And it was really fucking cool. And the coolest thing was, well, not the coolest thing, but one of the cool things was when you walk in, they have like this 20 foot fucking like statue of fucking Iron Man, dude. It is so cool. You walk in there and you're just like, whoa, dude. It was so phenomenal. They had like all these like like outfits and suits and stuff from like like all the movies. Of course, like all the Marvel movies or whatnot. And that was kind of cool, but I was more into like the comic book art. Now, my point is, in Tokyo... There are so many cool art galleries, and there's so and there's some stupid ones. I, I think probably the majority of them are not so good, but there's quite a few which are phenomenal because there are so many art galleries. And I have to say, if you're in Japan and you're visiting or something, and like maybe it's a rainy day. Today's a rainy day, and you've got nothing to do because I mean, maybe you wanted to go to the beach. Can't go to the beach. It's raining. Maybe you want to go to the park. Can't go to the park. It's raining. Maybe you wanted to go shopping in Harajuku. It's not going to be that much fun. It'll be fun. Harajuku is always kind of a, a gas. But uh, yeah, it's not going to be as much fun as like uh, maybe tomorrow when the weather's nice. So what do you do? You can either go to a movie, see a Japanese movie, see an anime. That's cool. Stay in the hotel room. Eh. Or find a couple of galleries. And the Mori Gallery, they had, uh, whatchamacallit, Andy Warhol there about a year ago. And that was fantastic. And I've seen, I've been to the Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh. And that was pretty fucking cool. But, dude, fucking Tokyo just takes it to 11, man. Fucking, it's like Spinal Tap. These speakers go to 11. They're fucking louder. Yeah, and, and fucking this Marvel. Oh, God, the Marvel show was so fucking cool. I walked in there. I was kind of pissed off, kind of tired. And when I left, dude, I was in the best fucking mood, dude. I was like, this is fucking great. It's such a good thing to do, man. So if you do have time and shit, or fucking if the weather sucks, check on some art galleries, man. If you go to Ginza, actually, Ginza, I think... 
I think there's like 50 art galleries in Ginza, and Ginza's not that big, and you can hit up maybe, not 50, well, maybe 50, I don't know, there's quite a few and shit, and there's always something to see, dude, fucking, there's, <laughs> there's some that are really explicit, <laughs> and then there's some that are really, really, really wild and crazy and shit, I mean, you, you can see anything there, dude, fucking, the, the last one I saw in uh, Ginza, not the last one, but... One that I saw last year that I took photos of and I put them on the, the, the Facebook page. Just another reason to be on the Facebook page was uh, was like the original like Japanese pornography uh, mangas, right? Porno mangas. And um, yeah, they were all about octopus rape and shit. It was fucked up. It was the most fucked up shit ever. Go to the Facebook page. Go into our photos and shit. You can see them there and stuff. But um, yeah, dude, there's always something to do. So yeah, on bad days, rainy days, if you're feeling like shit, check out an art gallery, dude. Oh, and drink some sake. Sake will make you happy. All right, moving on. Well, feeders, as you know, Got Fitted Japan's about two dudes booze, Japan, and the news. Well, in my absence, Tom has been taking care of the news, but uh, this week there are some pretty amazing stories. So what we're going to do is the top five. The top five are the most five, or the five most fucked up stories, or fucked up most interesting, bizarre, seedy, sexy stories of Tokyo and Japan. <laughs> for this week. Yo, what's up, feeders? Got Fitted Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com That's www.gamuso.com That's right, Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. Here we go, number five. 15-year-old arrested over forcing classmate to eat insects and dog feces. Holy shit, what is this? Some kind of a little rascal's gang initiation? A 15-year-old high school student in Tokyo has been arrested. Well, that's pretty heavy. On suspicion of forcing a classmate to eat a grasshopper and dog feces, police said Tuesday. The Metropolitan Police Department said that the suspect has admitted to the alleged, <laughs> alleged bullying case which took place last fall when they were in the third-year students at a junior high school in Nimura, western Tokyo. <clears throat> the victim put a grasshopper into his own mouth after being ordered to do so at a railway station in western Tokyo on September 9th, ah, my mom's birthday, and was forced to eat dog feces at his home in September or October, according to the police. Hmm, doggy poop. <laughs> Not very healthy. Quote, I knew he was scared of me, so I made him do anything I wanted him to do. End quote. The suspect was quoted by police officers as saying, you know what? If I had absolute control over a kid and if I was in like junior high school, I wouldn't make him like eat dog shit. I would make him do my homework. I'm like, do my homework, clean my room and eat my broccoli. And by broccoli, I mean the vegetable. <laughs> do all the shit I don't want to do. I wouldn't make him eat feces. It's pretty fucked up. 
The police said there are witnesses who have also seen the victim eat an earthworm in a gecko on the suspect's order. Jesus. <clears throat> it is the third arrest of the suspect as in many months. Holy shit, he's been arrested three times? Jesus, this is like a career shit-eater maker. Man, this kid's future is bright. <laughs> His future's so bright he's got to wear shades and gloves because you don't want to get shit on your clothes, especially dog shit. The police arrested him in March for physically assaulting the same victim and another junior high school classmate, and again in April for allegedly forcing the two boys to eat a dead, uh, Cecita, Cecita, Kakita, I can't pronounce this because I am faded. Oh, but it's one of those bugs. It's a bug! <laughs> and jump into a pond together in Tokyo Park. Ah, oh, shit. So this kid is like the ultimate bully. Uh, do you think he's got like like a butch haircut? And do you think his, his name is Butch? <laughs> It kind of reminds me. It probably looks like the uh, fucking Macaulay Culkin's like older brother and shit from like a Home Alone. I can imagine being like the Japanese equivalent. Butch, squinty little eyes or some shit. Oh man, Buzz. What was his name? Buzz. Oh man, that's funny. God, what an asshole. But didn't like, didn't the same thing kind of happen now in like uh, which one call it uh. Uh, uh uh not okay. Back to the Future, right? We're like fucking like uh, what's his name? Chip? Chet? Chet? Chip? Fuck, dude. What was his name? The bully from Back to the Future. Didn't he fucking make uh, Michael J. Fox's dad do his homework and shit in the 1950s? And he also had a Buzz haircut. Holy shit. All the fucking bullies had a Buzz haircut. Buzz from Home Alone. The fucking bully from Back to the Future. And Chet from fucking uh, Strange Science. No, Weird Science. Holy shit. Buzz haircuts. Fucking A. Well, anyway, this kid's a bully, and uh, I want—he's a kid, so he'll probably get like a slap on the wrist. I don't know. Do you think it's like a crime? Like the guards are gonna make him eat like their shit? <laughs> As an eye for an eye, or a turd for a turd, kid. <laughs> Here we go. Story number four. Police arrest six, six suspects over massive gold bar theft in July. Who the fuck steals gold bars? Police arrested Monday six men over the suspected. Theft of gold bars worth 750 million yen, 6.7 million dollars, last July by men disguised as police officers on a street in the city of Fukuoka. The Fukuoka Prefecture Police said that they found the six people outside Fukuoka Prefecture, including Kazuki Noguchi, a 42-year-old living in the city of Nagoya, who is believed to be the mastermind behind the theft. <laughs> Gold finger! <laughs> He's like a James Bond villain. The police initially said he was a former member of a crime syndicate. Maybe he's like a butch all grown up, I don't know. But later corrected it, saying that they could not confirm his background. Gold finger! <laughs> he's an ex-James Bond evil mastermind. Uh, the six criminals... Aged between 27 and 70. Shit, dude. These are gold bars. They're heavy. What does the 70-year-old guy do? He's got to be the driver. But, I mean, do you really want to give a driver, like a 70-year-old driver, the driver job? I mean, shit, what if he has a heart attack? <laughs> Having a heart attack in the getaway car. Oh, man. So, okay, 27 to 70 are only part of the people believed to be involved in the case. The police are expected to arrest around a dozen people on suspicion of the theft for their alleged involvement in exchanging the gold bars for cash. A dozen people? Holy shit. Doesn't this mastermind know loose lips sink ships? So the less people involved, the better. I mean, shit, dude. Oh, man. It's like the Reservoir Dogs. But there's like 12 of them. Uh, according to the investigative source, two men were approached by individuals wearing fake police uniforms in early July while transporting the gold bars to a cash-for-gold store in several uh, attached cases near the Hakata station. Shit, you think they fucking, like, uh, fucking, what, they stole the gold and then tried to exchange it, like, the next day? <laughs> it's kind of weird. 
Uh, the thieves are suspected of taking the cases in a car on the pretext of transporting them to a police department for an investigation into a smuggling case. The victims told police they had bought the gold bars the day before the incident in neighboring Yamaguchi Prefecture to resell them. Police have found fake uniforms believed to have been worn by the suspects in Yamaguchi and have con conducted DNA tests. Shit, DNA saves the day. Fuck, man, I thought as soon as you commit a crime and shit, and like like uh, your your outfit or your costume, are you supposed to burn that shit? Oh, man. Ugh. Well, that is a very interesting case. Who steals gold bars? How do you how do you sell gold bars? Like fucking like, all right, let's just say you're walking down the street and oh, you find a gold bar. And it's like a gold bar worth like, let's say $15,000 or $20,000 or even $5,000, right? So you got a gold bar. How, where do you go to like sell this? I mean, if, if it's a gold dealer, doesn't a gold dealer have to like report something to like the, 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 the IRS or doesn't they have to, how do you get rid of gold? I mean, I can understand selling like a gold ring or selling a gold uh, necklace or a pearl necklace, but uh, how do you sell a gold bar? <laughs> Maybe they're, they're waiting for like doomsday, you know, like the end of the world or something, and then and, and cash doesn't work anymore and shit. Credit cards don't work anymore, but these guys, they got gold, so they're going to be set up. Story number three, Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan... If you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right, for the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need, and of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya, about five-minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. They're full. Restaurant worker arrested for obstructing competing business. Oh, okay. Competing businesses. <laughs> Every time I can't read a word, I'm going to have a drink. And A, this is 11 points, so it is hard to read. <clears throat> and I'm faded. Tokyo Metropolitan Police last month arrested Shoho Kimoto for obstruction of business. And what has to be the most literal uh, application of the law I have ever come across? Hmm. According to news reports, the 25-year-old restaurant worker would hang out on the streets of Shinjuku, probably Kabuki Cho, and when seeing people approach a competitor, he would pretend to be a fellow diner, feeding them such lines as, quote, they told me it's full, end quote, or, quote, I heard it's a 20-minute wait, end quote. Shit, man, that's, that's actually pretty good. I mean, that's pretty smart, you know? If you don't want, like, if people want to eat ramen... They're trying to go into your competition or your competitor's like ramen restaurant. You just say, hey, I hear the jack off into the soup. Don't go in there. Come to my restaurant. <laughs> or something. Something along the lines of that. <clears throat> For every Petron Kimoto could redirect into his employer's eatery, he would receive a commission based on what they ate and drink. NHK reported that he was ranking in about 400,000 yen a month this way. Holy shit, that's $4,000. $4,000 just telling people to go into his restaurant. What a fucking... That's like... All right, I'll be honest. I think probably the average like restaurant worker in Japan probably makes... If they're working full-time, I would say maybe $2,000 a month. Maybe. Maybe along those lines, right? Especially in the Shinjuku, right? And if it's like, like a ramen restaurant or something like that or an izakaya or dining bar or something. So this guy's making 2000 but then he's making 4000 on top of that. That means this guy's pulling in $6,000 a month. I mean, this is a lot of money for this guy. How old is he? To say he's like, what, 25, 25 years old making 60 Dude, that is fucking great, dude. That's like over $60,000 a year. That's, that's twice as much as a high school teacher makes in Japan. 
Fucking A. I'm going to quit my... I'm going to tell Tom to quit his job. Oh, man. <clears throat> Kimoto's job was supposed to entail standing outside his own restaurant and beckoning people to come inside. But according to police, he noted customers talking to each other about places being full, so he just copied what they did. However, just before his arrest of April 20th, he seemed to have gotten too overzealous and actually pretended to be the staff of a competing restaurant. Checking the waiting list, he dishonestly... <laughs> this guy got crafty. <laughs> what a crafter. What a con man. Uh, he dishonestly told a party of six that his quote-unquote restaurant was full and that an affiliated place up the street had better uh, tables available. God, this is such a creative con. Such a creative con. <clears throat> this elaborate use uh, must have caught the attention of someone who then tipped off the police, all of which ultimately resulted in Kimoto's arrest. Oh, man, dude, this guy lost his job. See, the thing is, the guy got too greedy. Got too greedy. Like sixty over sixty thousand uh, dollars a a year was just not good enough for this guy. He wanted to go for the full Monty. He wanted to go for like a hundred thousand. That was his target. Uh, never get greedy. Never get greedy. Case in point. Here we go. Next story. Man arrested after jumping onto the tracks over trouble on a train. Now it's interesting. I printed out this story this morning, and after I printed it out, I turned on TV, and I saw this story. This is actually big news right now. Saitama, a 35-year-old man, was arrested for disrupting a railway operation on the Keihin Tohoku Line on Thursday night after he jumped onto train tracks following trouble with another passenger on the train, police said Friday. Okay, so why would this guy do this? All right. A, he's a pervert. B, he's accused of being a pervert. Or C, he is faded and he's fighting. Which do you think it is, A, B, or C? Or is there a D? Think about it. Think about it. For all you that said all the above. <laughs> okay, moving on. According to police, the incident occurred at around 10.20 p.m. at J.R. Kawaguchi Station in Saitama Prefecture. The man identified as Satoshi Otsuku, Otsuka reportedly got onto got into a confrontation with a female co-passenger after he spilled a canned drink on the woman inside the train. Oh, I spilled my beer all over your pants. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm fucking faded. I was just listening to God here to Japan. <laughs> Tommy's such a fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I spilled my drink all over you again. Oh, I'm so fucked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Fuji TV reported, shortly after the two started an argument, Otsuka fled the train at the station, jumped into the tracks, train tracks, and climbed over a safety fence. Now, I saw this, dude. They actually have footage and shit, and they put it on TV this morning, and dude, this guy flew. He fucking booked it from this train, dude. He jumped onto the tracks, dude. It, it was almost like he floated, dude. I mean, going back to Marvel, this motherfucker was the, the fucking, like, Spider-Man of fucking Tokyo, dude. He fucking flew on the tracks, and he he pretty much just, like, floated over this fucking fence, dude. He went, boom, dude. I mean, the ultimate getaway, but I think he got caught. <laughs> he was arrested. Uh, there we go. He was arrested at the scene on charges of violating the Railway Operations Act. So there is an act. So never, ever, ever get on the train or get on the train tracks. No matter what, if you do drop like something, don't get on. Don't don't try to get down there and fucking like find it. Just get somebody to do it because you can go to jail. Or at least a fine. And I think companies like this would love to fucking just lock you up and fine you and shit. So fucking yeah, never get on the train tracks. If somebody falls off in front of a train. Uh, use your best judgment. <laughs> According to the representatives of the railway company, train operations were temporarily suspended as a result of the incident, which means probably tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people were inconvenienced. Otsuka was quoted by police as saying he panicked because he thought he would be mistaken as a groper. Okay, now this is actually an important thing because if somebody is a groper, or if they're mistaken as a groper, or if a girl accuses this person of being a groper, Pretty much their life is over. 
their life is completely, completely over. You go to you, you got to pay shitloads of money to this girl and to the police, I guess. And then after that, fucking like your company, you're shunned. Your family, you're shunned. Your fan, your friends, you're shunned. Like nobody wants to be associated with you. It's like pre- pretty much like you you got to like kill your social media. Facebook, dude, forget about Facebook, Twitter, Mixie, Line, all that shit, dude. Fucking forget about that. That shit is fucking over because fucking your friend count will drop to like negative, right? <laughs> Immediately. And at the office, a, if you don't get fired, B, nobody will talk to you and your life will be a living hell. And and your parents, they'd, they'd be so disgraced, so dishonored. It, it would be horrible, horrible. So, I mean, I can kind of understand this guy doing anything he can to get out of the situation. Although all he did was just fucking spill a beer on a girl and then fucking get in an argument. You know, she's probably she's probably tired. Maybe it's a nice blouse and shit. She's pissed off. This guy's like, fuck, dude. There's fucking 80 fucking thousand people in this little car and shit. I'm fucking drinking. I got to get my drink on and shit. I'm listening to Got to Japan. And I'm sorry. Fuck, dude. I'm fucking sorry. But anyway, yeah. So I can understand him escaping. But yeah, this is the wrong way to escape. Um, police said the woman told them that she had not been groped and that she and Otsuka had argued over his drink being spilled on her clothes. You know, it's cool that she's honest, because, I mean, if she said that she was groped, this guy would be oof, <laughs> in a really bad place right now. Well, he's in a bad place now, but not as bad as what he could be. So, uh, dude, hats off to her that she was honest. That's fucking cool. Uh, the case comes after a recent series of incidents in which men accused of being uh, gropers have jumped onto the train tracks and attempt to flee the scene. Actually, that is very true. In t- this morning's news, they showed like uh, scene after scene after scene of like dudes running down these tracks and shit. They're all businessmen. <laughs> They're fucking funny. One guy was he was a little bit obese. And he's like this short little like business dude, and he's he's wearing his like business suit, this black business suit. He's got this briefcase, and he's running as fast as he could. But he's wobbling from left to right down these train tracks, running away. <laughs> it was so comical. If you can Google it and find it, it's hilarious. But they showed a couple of these guys just running away after they're accused of being gropers. I mean, shit. I mean, which is worse, you know, fucking being accused of being a groper or fucking just running on the train. It's all bad. I mean, both the, all these guys are fucked, pretty much. All right, so let's see. Going forward, the case comes after a recent series of incidents in which men accused of being gropers have jumped onto train tracks and attempt to flee the scene. Earlier this week, a man accused of groping a woman aboard a train was hit and killed by a train, oh, at Albadai Station in Yokohama. That's a big station, by the way. Kind of got a prefecture after he jumped under the tracks attempting to get away. Oh, shit, that sucks. This guy's accused of being a groper and fucking, like, he risked his life and lost his life just to get away and shit. I mean, fuck, his life would have been over anyway, but not this kind of over. Yeah, fucking don't jump under those tracks, man. Fucking, it's a bad scene. All right, moving forward, and this is our last story. Story number one. All right, so I want to ask you guys about pets. What kind of pets have you had in your life? I mean, we've all had dogs and cats and stuff, but have you ever had like a cool pet? And sometimes cool pets are not all that cool. I had a friend, his name is JD. Still got him, he's still around. And JD had a pet scorpion. And he like came to school, well, what was it, high school in, we must have been like maybe juniors or something, maybe sophomores. Came to school and he told everybody he had a scorpion, a new pet scorpion. And we were like, whoa, that's so cool. So we go to JD's house and there's a scorpion in a cage and he did nothing. He just sat there and we looked at it and we shook it around and it didn't move. It did nothing. And eventually it died. I think it died about a couple of weeks later and shit. (laughs) But the thing, because it never moved, how did he know that it was dead? Maybe it was dead when he bought it. Who knows? Let's see what pets have I had. I've had dogs. I've had cats. I had sharks, freshwater sharks, like iridescent sharks, rainbow sharks. Um, I had a ferret for all you old faders. For you faders that have been uh, tuning in over the years, I did have a ferret. I had a really crazy ferret story. And uh, yeah, go back and listen to that episode. That's a good one. I had a ferret for a while. And that's it. I think I'm done with pets. Uh, it's it's impossible to have a dog in Tokyo. Not impossible, but uh, it's uh, it's not easy and shit. If I live back in the States or if I move to Germany, which might be an option in the future, or Amsterdam... Fucking, yeah, I'll definitely get a dog, like a big dog. I want to get a German Shepherd. A German Shepherd from in Germany would be pretty badass. 
But um, yeah. So, what kind of pets did you guys have? Did anybody have any reptiles? Like like a frog or a snake or an iguana or something or something really crazy? Well, some people like to have really crazy animals and shit. You know, if I can like I, poisonous like Slash Slash from Guns N' Roses. I think he not Guinness World Book, but he has a like a like a, a considerable amount of poisonous snakes. That's kind of a, like his thing. He's got a house that has like rooms full of poisonous snakes. So I mean, to each their own. I don't complain. But here we go. This story is about somebody who just loves crazy animals. Indonesians arrest a Japanese man over reptile smuggling. Reptile smuggling. Out of all the things to smuggle. <laughs> Reptilian smuggling. Okay. Indonesian authorities have arrested a Japanese man who uh, conservationists say is a major player in the illegal wildlife trade for allegedly attempting to smug smuggle more than, get this, wait for it, wait for it, 250 reptiles out of the country. 250 reptiles i think i think i think five is a lot i think i think getting away with five that, that's a lot i think one is a lot having like like a snake in your bag and shit i mean ugh, that's fucking creepy and shit but ugh, 250 fucking animals dude that's insane and a major player this this guy might be the only player because i mean we we had a guy that uh, was it like five years ago that got busted smuggling turtles and that was pretty crazy, but this this takes the cake. This is the this is the kingpin, <laughs> the kingpin. All right, the head of law enforcement at Jakarta's International Airport, uh, Ridwan Alaidarus, said Thursday that uh, Katsuhide Naito was arrested after custom officials found 181 lizards, 65 snakes, and seven turtles in his luggage. And a partridge in a pear tree. Mmm. Love this beer. God, 65 snakes. Could you fucking imagine if that snake bag opened up and there was actually snakes on the plane? Imagine, because, you know, like planes now, they have those little monitors and stuff, and you can watch like a myriad of movies, right? Imagine you're watching snakes on a plane, and you're like, oh, man, this movie's so freaky. You look down, and there's an actual snake on the plane. Dude, I would shit my motherfucking pants, dude. I would shit my pants so much, dude. Shit would be coming out of my fucking nose, out of my fucking ears, dude. I would fill the plane. I would kill all those goddamn reptiles with my shit, dude. I I swear to God, 65 snakes on a fucking plane, 181 lizards. How come these animals didn't eat each other? You know, he's got like a big bag full of, dude, it must have been like Thunderdome, dude. Like fucking like the snakes are fighting each other. The reptiles are fighting each other. The fucking turtles are fucking safe. They're fucking just chilling in their shells. That's the cool thing about being a turtle, man. You're fucking just like, uh-oh, trouble. I'm out of here. Actually, I'm in here. I'm in here and I'm out of here at the same time. Why? Because I'm a motherfucking turtle, yo. Oh, shit, I'm faded. And the last story. He said the wildlife seized the Tuesday included 12 different species, three of which were endangered. Uh, now he's completely fucked. Katsuhide allegedly bought the haul from poachers in northern Sumatra and the Indonesian part of Borneo. Aliandaras, and it said, <clears throat> it included uh, green tree snakes, Borno lizards, and pig-nosed turtles. Out of all the turtles, they had to be pig-nosed. Uh, which were protected under Indonesian law. Oh, now he's super fucked. Oh, this story gets more and more gruesome. Naito was arrested before boarding a flight to Japan. His travel documents indicated he is a frequent visitor to Indonesia, holding a Platinum Elite Plus status card with the country's national airline. Ooh, man. Can you imagine having a Platinum Elite Plus status card? I mean, dude, that's like the highest of all high. Usually these guys, like, see, that's a crazy thing because like when you are like a regular Joe, just like me and you, and you go to an airport, like especially if you're traveling overseas or to a different country and shit, you get the third degree, man. They ask you fucking 50 questions and shit. I mean, it's almost like fucking like The Hobbit. They're like, what is your name? My name is Johnny. What is your occupation? Got fitted Japan. Where do you live? Tokyo. And then they, they pull a Hobbit. They're like, what is in my pocket? 
Oh, what is in your pocket? Oh, what is in your pocket? Uh, I would say condom. No, 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 no. Obviously not money because you're working this fucking job. Uh, what? <laughs> you know, you're pretty much fucked. And then after that, you get patted down. You go through like the little the bomb sensor thing or whatever. Just a bunch of bullshit and stuff. But then you look over and you see like the fucking like elite guys, right? The elite guys, they go in there and they ask one question. They're like, uh, yes, it's Sir McIntyre. What would you like to have for dinner? We have steak and we have pheasant. I would have the pheasant, please. Oh, right away, please come through the security check. And that's about it. So uh, it's kind of surprising that this guy did get busted. Unless his fucking, like, luggage was, like, moving. Like, he puts his luggage on the ground, and his luggage slowly starts moving to the left, and then to the right, and then to the left, because, like, all the fucking, like, animals are trying to escape. <laughs> all these, like, fucking legs are sticking out, moving around. <laughs> Oh, what the fuck am I talking about? This is fucking bizarre. I can't believe this is real. Uh, let's see here. Alidaras said the man could be charged under Indonesian animal quarantine law, which carries a penalty of up to three years in prison. Shit, man. I hope he doesn't lose his, his uh, platinum card, <laughs> his premium platinum card. Now, that would really suck. That's the That's a real penalty there. The wildlife conserver, conservation... <laughs> I can't read this fucking, I'm fucked up. Society's Indonesian program said it hopes Naito will also be charged under the law with a maximum prison term of five years. Oh shit, five years. Dude, I'm sure Indonesian prison is really fucked up. So five years might feel like 15 years, dude. It might even feel like a lifetime. That's, oof, ouch. Uh, the group's crimes uh, unit manager Dawai Arihisaito said Naito was a, quote, a big player in the wildlife trade and was previously arrested in Australia in 2005 for smuggling 39 exotic reptiles from Southeast Asia. I think that's a story we might have done a while ago because I remember this happening a couple of times. Oh, man. Well, this guy is completely fucked, dude. But then again... When he does go to prison, he, he's going to be surrounded by animals. <laughs> he's fucked. <laughs> or maybe he's in paradise. Who knows? But uh, yeah, fitters, thank you very much for tuning in. That is the uh, top five stories of this week. I am Johnny, your host. And uh, do remember, we do have three sponsors. We've got A, the Spilt Ink. Buy a painting, buy a print. Commission the Spilt Ink for your artistic needs. We have Mitzia Liquors, which is a fine, fine uh, liquor store and bar. And when you go there, make sure you say Got Fitted Japan or Got Fitted Japan Podcast or whatever. And you all the beers that you've bought, which you purchased, you can go into their back secret bar and drink them. So you could buy an amazing bottle of Maybe you could even buy the Sentinel IPA. You buy this fucking beer there, and then fucking you go in the back, and you can see a bunch of other faders and shit, chilling and shit. Make some friends. Get faded and shit. Mitzi Liquors is actually one of my favorite places to go to. If I didn't leave so fucking goddamn far away from there, I would be going there every single night, dude. It is such a cool fucking place to buy booze and shit. And the owner, Sammy Baby, is a fucking great guy too, man. And all the people there speak pretty good English and shit. So don't be intimidated. Don't be nervous. Go to Mitsuya Liquors, West Tokyo, in Asagaya. So just go to Asagaya Station. It's like a five-minute walk from the station. It's fucking great. And they have over 300 beers. 300 beers. They got shitloads of sake. You know what? Go there and ask, you know, because, you know, go there and tell Sammy. Be like, hey, Sammy, you know what? You got to start this six-pack thing that Johnny was talking about in Got Fated Japan because I think that would be a good idea for your business. You say that, take the idea, give me 5%. (laughs) That's all I ask. And our third sponsor is, yet, of course, Gamuso. Gamuso, the bar I used to work at, but I still go to frequently. In fact, I'm going there tomorrow. Faders, if you're in town, go there tomorrow, Saturday, because I will be going there. There's going to be a lot of really cool shows. And actually, I'm going to see one of my favorite Japanese bands, Viwat. Viwat is an amazing band. They're fucking, it's like this electro punk band. Fucking great, dude. Those, those bitches, those little crazy bitches, they go nutty. I love those guys. So, Faders, thank you very much for tuning in. And, I know you're listening to this on an iPhone or a computer or some other digital device. We, we don't have cassettes. We don't have records. We are in, living in the digital age, and that's how we release Got Fitted Japan. So make sure you do go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Say something cool about us. Say something, say something honorable about us. And, uh, Faders, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll see you next week, and peace. My own brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy.
I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure excuse me? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up Republican shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.